Hey everyone. Before we get to the episode, I'd like to remind everyone to live by the golden rule we were taught as children. Treat others as you would want them to treat you. We are in the middle of Pride Month in the United States, bringing awareness to LGBTQIA members of our community and their struggles for equality, such as the Stonewall Riots. So it's disheartening that our president chooses this time, the anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting, to roll back U.S. citizens' rights by removing protections for transgender patients to fight against discrimination in healthcare. The week that the announcement went out, two black transgender women were murdered, out of at least 14 so far this year. Treat others as you would want them to treat you. At the same time, we are once again seeing the African-American communities stand up and shout, Black Lives Matter, after another murder at the hands of the police, this time with more allies to their side. And all they're asking for is equality and accountability. And what do they get in return? Police tear-gassing peaceful protests aiming rubber bullets at protesters' faces, shoving the elderly to the concrete, undue use of pepper spray, chasing people who are not protesting and beating them with batons, attacking reporters and camera operators, tasing young people inside their car after smashing open their windows, and then police union bosses demanding that their officers be treated with respect after those officers drove through crowds of protesters when there were perfectly viable options other than to do so. Treat others as you would want them to treat you. If you see something, say something. Being silent in the face of others' mistreatment is allowing that mistreatment to continue. You may not make a difference by yourself, But if we all do it, we can all change the world. Now back to what we normally do. I just... You you can't keep adding more Highlanders! (laughs) Okay. It's already done. (laughs) You can't kill the Highlanders and have only one... I disagree. Alright. Hey, I'm Joe. I'm Ken. I'm Andrew. And I'm Dan. We are the Rewinders Podcast, rewinding and rebooting movies to see if they hold up. And this time, we got struck by lightning and got the quickening with Highlander. I forgot to pay attention whether or not this movie holds up. Well, I mean, that's... <laughs> I forgot that that's, that's one of our that's main premises. later in the podcast, Ken. You can figure it out as we go. Yeah. So anyway... We're going to start with, well, we start with the trailer, right? Yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're actually, we, we start with who who had uh, experience with this movie before coming into it. Oh, right. Yes, uh, yes. I watched the TV series, but that that uh, that TV series is, in my opinion, far greater, a, mu- a much better entertainment than this movie. I'm, I'm in a weird spot. Uh, this was my first time watching the movie in full. 
I always thought the TV series looked stupid, and I always changed it when it was on, but I had friends who were rabid about it. Ooh, so so this is one that none of us have prior experience. No, I, I had well, friends who were obsessed, but I never got around to watching yeah, it. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I had yeah. a bunch of friends who really, really enjoyed it, and or enjoyed the Highlander series, but I've never, I have never myself seen this movie prior to yesterday afternoon. I, I'm the same way. I had people who liked it i knew of its existence and i thought it was corny so i never watched it pretty much same here except i do listen to a few podcasts one of them reviewed the highlander 2 the quickening and uh for that one i was able to watch i was able to (laughs) see that uh for free on one of those free on one of those services that i have so it wasn't free, but was it, was it as bad it was as available to watch? Was it as bad as everyone says it was. I, I enjoyed the few times that I watched that movie. I watched it more than once. Uh, it's not a good movie, if I remember right. Even the director hates the movie. <laughs> like every, but the director I hates the movie. Enjoy Chris, that. How corny it Christopher is. Christopher Lambert hates the movie. Like I, I don't. I, I I didn't realize how much of a backlash culture there was surrounding the second movie. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't received well, no. too well by the uh, podcast either, but it was still, I personally enjoyed my time with it, just with as uh, corny and bad as it was. I might check it out sometime. I don't really remember much about it, though. All, all I know is that everybody says it retconned the living shit out of the first movie, to the point where like everything that got set up in the first movie was completely destroyed by the second one. <laughs> Well, sure, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but uh, I believe that he uh, becomes immortal again because they're more... I don't know what they're called. He's the Highlander. They're the immortal people, but I think they just turn out calling them all Highlanders in the second movie, oh, no. or maybe that was the podcast. All right. Well, let's, let's, not, uh, let's not get the heart before the horse, but I have so much to say. <laughs> so, the trailer... Now we do the trailer, Ken. Ah, yes, the trailer. I liked the trailer. I fucking love the trailer. I thought it was great. The trailer made the movie look like a cohesive plot. <laughs> there was a cohesive plot. I, how dare you? It it doesn't make the movie look not cheesy. It makes it look cheesy, but entertaining cheesy. And I was like, okay, today's the day. I need to watch this. I uh, definitely enjoyed that the dub over, the voice dub over, and the music in the trailer were much louder than any of the spoken lines. So you weren't actually able, I wasn't able to understand what the people were saying in the movie very well. Because if I turned up my speakers to hear them, then the uh, voiceover guy would start blowing up my speakers. Uh, I I feel like it was pretty well balanced. Like, I don't don't know. Maybe it's just what I was watching it on. Oh, no, no, not the audio, the trailer itself. Oh, sure, yeah. I feel like the trailer itself was was very well balanced. Um, it, It was pretty damn good trailer honestly it didn't give too much away it, it got you pumped up for everything in it i also enjoyed about the trailer in particular that it ended with queen mm-hmm. and then said hey there's queen in this movie and i was like that was actually when i was 100 percent on board for the movie was once i heard <laughs> i was like did they really get queen to do well, this i didn't watch the trailer before the movie so i didn't know you monster you monster. I don't. I don't watch the trailers before the movie. I watch the trailer after the movie because it's a trailer. <laughs> I, I wish I lived in that world. I, I should probably start to adjust to be that way as well. <laughs> it also sells me to watch a movie because I know the level of camp there's going to be whenever I see the name canon attached to it. Uh-huh. Yes. yes. You have a point. Yes. I always knew that Queen did the theme song, uh, Princess of the Universe, but I, I had no 
idea that they did the entire soundtrack so that was a massive pleasant surprise for me i i just i didn't know so going into this it was pretty awesome actually having queen song after queen song after queen song yes they definitely kept the movie going quite well yeah my wife would pop in and be like why would queen do this because <laughs> they believed in something because <laughs> they didn't know better was she watching the movie because I think if she watched the movie, she would know that it was just the oomph that this movie needed to put it into being a great movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't imagine this movie without Queen. I mean, it, it's kind of synonymous with this. It would be so dry. Yeah, it really lends a hand to the movie. Um, I mean, yeah, if you went with an orchestral uh, theme all the way through, it would just make the movie way too serious. Oh, God, no. It, Let's not. It wouldn't make it serious. <laughs> it would just add to the confusion. <laughs> What about New Wave? I mean, technically it belongs like, in this movie, a... but... Wait, New Wave, uh, like... How... Yeah, just a bunch of synthesizers okay. going... Yeah, Terminator 1 soundtrack. Hey, I like the Terminator 1 soundtrack. Hey, I do too, I'm just saying that this fits this movie better. Um, yeah. One thing that I have to call out that's always confused me about this movie, and I don't know why, but it drives me absolutely up the wall. Christopher Lambert in this movie and all the promotional materials and everything... I always thought this movie had Tom Jane. Because Tom Jane looks like dead ringer to young Christopher Lambert. So every time I saw anything or thought about Highlander, I was always like, oh man, I love Tom Jane. I can't wait to see him in Highlander. And then I go to watch the movie and it's like, this isn't Tom Jane. That guy oh, looks like Tom my Jane, God. but it's not Tom Jane. Oh, he yeah, yeah definitely looks like him. <laughs> yeah. Like. Uh, if you're confused as to who Tom Jane is, he was the Punisher in the uh, 2004 movie. Yes. And yeah, if you're... Not looking at them side by side, I could definitely see where that confusion would happen. I thought he also gave off a Constantine vibe. So, so now uh, we're getting into uh, what we like, apparently. Yeah, so uh, should, no. should we do the uh, studio no? pitch on this? Yes. Unless we had oh, else studio to pitch. Really? Do the pitch. Yeah. I am just raring to go to talk about this actual, actually talk about this movie. Yeah, I am too. And like, do you need me to send you a sequence of events how how to do this podcast actually that would be super useful i was sitting down yesterday to watch this movie i was like man i should really write this shit down so i i can take notes in the right area this is what i want to talk about in this area here's what i don't like instead of what i have which is like five pages of amazing notes anyway so it sounds like you're probably not primed to do a studio pitch ken um i mean i i don't have anything all up in the, all up in my head, but that I could, makes me intrigued. I could definitely figure something out. I elect Ken to pitch this movie. Yes, Ken. I'm in. Okay, <clears throat> fellas, I'm here yes. to pitch you. Yes. One of the best movies you're ever gonna see. Oh yeah. yeah. We have the mighty mm, tall order you got there, bud. Pretty big statement, yeah. We have immortal people across the globe who are just trying to survive long enough. I mean... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> the, the globe's full of immortal people and they're trying to survive? I'm, I'm, I'm already confused. Okay, there are a handful of immortals. They're trying to get to be the last immortal alive. Oh. And they will do so anyone who's left alive because they have to get their heads chopped off by another immortal person. Anyone who survives all that long will be in a massive battle royale at the end of the movie and it will be great. And what we have is just people, we'll follow one guy, let's say he's a Scottish fella who's been around, we follow his life, we see what kind of pain that the that these immortal people have to go through that they love and then they lose and then they love again and then somebody is going to like do terrible things to the people they love because they're both immortal and they just want to hurt because they want to be the ones who the last one standing. And uh, But this one guy we, we really like. 
Actually, there's only going to be one guy that is a terrible person. But anyways, it, uh, we got special effects. There's the quickening. There's a whole bunch of stuff that we can tie into this. And I think we should put it all in there. Okay. Who you think? This is kind of confusing. Yeah, it sounds kind of confusing, am, but I'm who you think is cast-wise? Right uh, I mean, you said, you said Scottish, cast-wise. right? Yeah. I mean, Scottish. Get, get some we, we, the movie's called The Highlander. Maybe we need to have somebody Scottish, from The Highlands, right? We need to right? get Sean Connery. He can be our, he can be our uh, lead character. Lead? Yeah. What if... <laughs> what if we... Uh, what if we put him as, like, a mentor role? Like Yoda? From that Star like Wars Like a Yoda. Film? A fancy oh, okay. Yoda. What about like, yeah. but like a funny Yoda? I, th- I thought Yoda was kind of funny. Yeah, I don't know. A I funny, know. fancy yeah. boy Yoda, but he's I very capable. I seem to recall capable. Yoda bonking that R2 droid on the head with a cane. That was pretty funny. But yeah, I, 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 I could see that. We can have, well, yeah, we can have people bonking each other on the heads with canes, metal bars, whatever. Okay. I was thinking uh, superstar Christopher Lambert. Who? Whoa. Uh, Who? Su- 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 superstar Christopher Lambert? Who? From... Who? Greystroke, the legend. Who? Who? Last year. Uh, we. I don't. I don't watch. Of Tarzan. Movies. Sorry. Greystroke, the legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes. <laughs> I. I don't watch movies. I don't. I don't know who this is. I. Mm, I'm. I. I mean. He, I mean. He's, he's. He's only done like. He's only done like a half dozen movies. He'll be cheap. It'll be fine. Oh yeah yeah. We'll do, we'll we'll have, we'll have, we'll have, you guys are canon. No, we'll just have yeah, we'll it, have it, we'll have Connery do all the heavy lifting. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Sounds good. Yeah. We can free up we can free up a budget for Connery. I mean, he is just coming off of James Bond roles, right? So this will be a, a welcome change for him. It'll be perfect. He'll probably just be trying to uh cha- change it up for himself. That's a good question. I didn't even look that up. Let's see. Good lord. Yeah. Just a few years earlier, he did Never Say Never Again. Ah, yes. And this will skyrocket him into super fame. Yeah, he was in Time Bandits. I should have watched that when I had it. Told you, Ken. Should have watched Time Bandits. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, there we go. That's that's a pitch. That's that's a pitch. And the pitch comes off just like the movie does. Confusing as fuck. <laughs> totally disjointed. I love it. They open a lot of ends, and they try to tie them all up. But some of them they drop the ball on. Maybe some very important ones, but... All in all, I feel like it was a pretty well jointed movie. Katie and I watched this movie, like I said, last well, let's, night. Let's not go let's not go into the stuff we don't okay. like yet, guys. Oh, it's so yeah, hard. It's so hard. Let's go into the stuff we do like. Well, we already said uh, Queen. Yes. And that's one of my yeah, likes. Bomb bomb ass oh. track by yep. Queen. Let's let's just get that out of the way right away. Yeah. Check. Queen. Now there's not much else left on my list. Oh, Let come me tell on. you. There's there's had they done, Brown. Go for it. Had they done the opening credits? With the red text just popping up, red text of who's all in the stupid movie. It's not a stupid movie, and it would have been like some bagpipe, lofty bullshit over the top of it. It would have not sent me up to enjoy this movie. Instead, they start with Queen. So that's yes. why you hate Braveheart. I haven't seen Braveheart. Oh God! I the dislike Braveheart because I used to go to a church and they like to play one of this Braveheart scenes over and over again for some reason because. Oh, no. Reasons and it was a sex scene, wasn't uh, it? Yes, it's just on loop during service. <laughs> yeah, all right, this was this was uh, during youth <laughs> group. Like if you will. church to go to. I was <laughs> uh, even better. I was in yes. a lot of church going young, and uh, that really ruined a lot of things for me. Well, that would have that would have made church actually enjoyable. Um, so 
I, I have to throw this out there. I can't believe the amount of people who confuse that movie with this movie. I, I, I don't understand it. So many people, people who I talk... confuse Braveheart? Yes! yes. I don't understand why. Why? Because it's the, the Claymores. are Scottish? I, I, have, I have no idea. I, they confuse the two. There is a gentleman that's in both of them. Really? Yeah. He's He is like the older gentleman in the historical section. He kind of has the blondish, strawberry blonde hair and beard. He's in both Braveheart and this. Strawberry blonde I don't remember beard. his name. James something. Vanderbeek? No. <laughs> James Cosmo. James Cosmo. Yep, James Cosmo. There we go. He's a burly guy. James Cosmo plays Angus McLeod. Are you thinking of Christopher Malcolm? This is the wrong thing to get sidetracked oh, on. Nope. <laughs> he, Christopher Malcolm, plays the, the Marine. Marine? Yeah, the dude with the Uzi. Marine biologist? No. Oh, the the what the would be today's against... Mega, the Vietnam vet who uh, tries to shoot oh, the giant guy. guy. Yeah, that he guy. gets his, his uh... shit tossed by what's his name, and somehow survives. Speaking of shit, did anybody notice uh, John Polito in this movie? Nope, I that don't know who that is. His name on the that, credits, but I couldn't pick him that out. name and that face should sound and look very familiar. He was in a recent movie we just did a review on. He was Detective Walker <laughs> in this movie. Yes, yes. In in the Crow. He was the shit on me, shit on me shop owner. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God, you are correct. (laughs) Anyway, there's no good reason to confuse those two movies. No, but so many people do for some reason. I don't understand it. Um, I love Clancy Brown, and I'm so glad he's in this movie. Is it his best acting? No. But am I happy he was in it? Yes. Because he's Clancy Brown. Who is Clancy Brown? Oh, he's the bad guy? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You might remember him from such films as Starship Troopers. And... Nope. What? Really? Starship Troopers. I haven't seen it. Shawshank Redemption. He's he's the asshole prison guard. Cop. The one that... Yeah, yeah. Okay. The one that Dufresne helps him come up with a plan on how to wisely invest his money. So he brings him beers for his effort and everything. He's in a lot of oh, stuff. Oh, dude. He was in... I didn't know that he was in... He was in Ragnarok, too. Okay, okay fine. Yeah, he was in Ragnarok, but fine. Here's something you guys will know him in. He's he's fucking Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob. Apparently. He was also <laughs> in the Mandalorian. That is a surprise. <laughs> and Flubber. That was a boring He was in movie. Flubber. He was in the Warcraft movie. He was in the Green Lantern movie. He was also in the video game uh, Detroit Become Human. He was in Jackie Chan Adventures. He, he was in a lot of things, and I very much enjoy him. So I, I was happy that he was in this. So what I'm hearing here is this movie paved the way for a lot of people to be able to move on with their careers they earned a paycheck and it paved the way for christopher lambert to join three sequels heck yeah Wait, was that highlander <laughs> 3 i watched i guess there's four of them there's one i think called Endgame from 2000 or something like that i was looking into this last night but nobody really cares after the second one because the second one shit all over the franchise and up uprighted everything and made everybody lose interest so <laughs> i don't know because i was looking okay so i was looking into this to get this out of the way i was looking into this for the reboot portion and I had no freaking clue how bad it was. Because even the guy in charge of doing the reboot, which we'll get to later, mentioned that 2 really wrote them into a corner, and they're trying their hardest not to do that. So with the reboot, they're definitely trying to not fuck it up, is what what his exact quote was. Because cool. he wants it to be a good trilogy. Whereas back in the 80s, you have to think about it, they didn't have big franchises and trilogies per se in the 80s. It was kind of one-offs, one-shots. Yeah, there might be sequels to some movies, but nobody probably went into Highlander thinking, let's make this into a thing. They just made Highlander the movie. And it was great, I mean, and everybody loved when it you, and wanted more. When you go into the movie with the premise of, everyone's immortal, alright, now 
at the end of the movie, everyone is dead or not immortal anymore. There's nowhere to go from there, except yes. for filling in all the in-between. It's it's the exact same problem that one of my favorite Disney newer movies had, which was Tangled. I love Tangled, but there's nowhere for it to go, and they realized that when they sat down to make a sequel, well, she cut her hair. What can we really do? So they decided to scrap all plans of a sequel. We'll just put them in the intro of a Frozen. Yeah, and they, I guess they had like a spinoff at some point or something small, but... Yeah, there's not much you can do once you take the main core premise of your movie, add a nice little twisty cap at the end, tie it all off neatly. There's not much you can do to really bring it back. This is true. Without making it completely absurd. Like Highlander 2, apparently. <laughs> it's going to be hard not to talk about a movie nobody's seen. I know. It's good. We <laughs> so, don't have to worry about it then. Um, I I don't know. You guys have more things to talk about that you like? Sean I Connery. Some, like, likes. Sean yeah. Connery, yes. I felt like a massive tone shift in the movie when he arrived. It was yeah. so much fun. It was just like <laughs> it was like Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. It was like Yoda training Luke. It was so much fun. He's condescending. He's making fun of McCloud. I loved it. Yeah, I see Sean Connery as the uh, like comedy relief mm-hmm. sort of in this, which was weird because, I mean, the one thing that just accentuates the comedy relief is the fact that a fish falls out of Connor's kilt. Kilt. How, Kilt yeah. how did it stay up there for that period of time? Oh, which just that fish nibbling. must have been holding on to something. Joe, just That's, think of it as kind of a magic trick. There's a lot of folds of, cab- of fabrics down there. Gotta be fabric folds. There are. That's how you get your kilt to stay stay up. I ha- I have a Scottish kilt. I fold it. I know how to do that. <laughs> I don't have fish under it. Mm. It's uh, something new you can try, I guess. I will not fault this movie for making me want to buy a utility kilt. Yes, I, I want a kilt badly. I, It's kind of endearing to me. I feel sad for my wife, Nicole. She had no idea that people didn't wear undergarments under kilts. And I have no idea how anybody could get to this point and not realize that, but, but she had no idea. She was genuinely shocked that people don't wear things under kilts. So she didn't see Braveheart where they showed <laughs> off their penises and then slapped their ass cheeks. Apparently not. Apparently not. But then again, she is one of those people in that group as well, though, too. Hey, do you want to watch Highlander with me? I think you might like it. Oh, is that the one with Mel Gibson? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one where the lady travels back in time and falls in love? She's obsessed with that show. So that adds that that's kind of like the <laughs> like the triangle corner of the three confusions. So you have Highlander, <laughs> you have Outlander now. And then there's freaking Braveheart for some reason. So, Ugh. and if we want to triangulate off of that some more, <laughs> when they go back in time the first time, it's 1536 and the McLeod clan is going to war with the Frasers. <gasps> Oh no, Jamie's in there somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> that it just made me a little sick. comes together. That made me a little sick, Joe. Now there's legitimate <laughs> reasoning behind this <laughs> triangular effect between these three movies. <laughs> ah, anyways, anyways. Joe, I, I thought you would have been like screaming with joy over the Uzi. The second he reached into his seat and grabbed a fucking Uzi and <laughs> whipped out of his car. I wrote it he down. He loaded it too. Yes, yes. Uh, I was I probably was a little distracted at that point in the movie. I don't remember what was exactly fully gotcha. going on. You you just wanted to see Clancy Clancy Brown slice up some crap. <laughs> I I thoroughly enjoyed this one exchange in the movie. I had to rewind it cuz I was laughing. I loved it. I don't know what it was. I think it was just a delivery between the two, but when Sean Connery is teaching McLeod and knocks him down and Heather giggles and laughs and just his sad face as he 
or as, as she says Connor and his sad face as she, as she he just like looks at her and says Heather please <laughs> that for me I don't know what it was <laughs> but it was hysterical and I had to keep going back to it just Heather please he just looks so beaten down and depressed but it was, it was funny it was really funny I know I suck stop reminding and laughing at me <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, come on. Some fancy Egyptian man wanders into your house. But he's and Spanish. He sword fighting with you and teaching you. No, he's Egyptian. He's Spanish. He's Egyptian with a Scottish accent. It doesn't <laughs> well, make any Connor's sense. Connor's a Scotsman with a French accent, so. <laughs> I love all of it. I, I love it so much. If you were around and traveling around for that long in, in <laughs> Japan for a bit and mm-hmm. in, in, in Spain, he was obviously from Spain for a little bit because he was the Spaniard. He had a Spanish name. I mean. You too could have whatever the fuck you want for an accent. Yes, Connery is essentially a walking melting pot, and that's okay. The Egyptian part's still a little bit uh, confusing because reasons, but <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. One other like I had in this is uh, I have to say, out of all the movies, especially '80s movies involving strange, unexplainable murderings happening around town. This is the nicest police force I've ever seen put on film. The fact that (laughs) McLeod assaults an officer in the precinct and then asks, am I under arrest? And they just let him walk out. Now, okay. That's pretty cool. I mean, yes, the other cop got in his face and everything is instigated, but that's a pretty forgiving police force. And they're not, I I, I don't know. It's not like they're looking for any reason under the sun, like the smallest itch to lock him away. It, it It was interesting to see. Okay. Let's back this up a little bit, though. <laughs> if we're going to go into this, this is actually one of the parts that it really confused and kind of bothered me about this movie. So he kills the guy, hops in his car, drives out. The super efficient police are there. And this is a theme in the movie, that the police are always going to be there. They are super fucking efficient. Yes. they. It's the NYPD, the most efficient and on top of it police force in the nation, just represented on film. They that, solving all the crime. They see a guy who's driving a little fast. Whether or not they know about the murder is up in the air. It seems like it's too soon for them to know about the murder because he's still leaving the parking mm-hmm. ramp. Uh, he could have been escaping from the parking ramp. Maybe he was scared from what he saw. He was sweating profusely. It very well could have been. Uh, he's just he's still in the parking lot. This is within minutes of him ki- of that fight going down. He leaves. I get where you're going, Ken. And the police yeah. are like, "Hey, why are you driving so fast? We're gonna beat your ass and put you in this car because we want to ask you some questions." <laughs> this is not the way it's supposed I, to be. I get it. I, I get what you're saying, Ken. Like, he should have at least been a suspect. He should have he been. should have at least been yeah. de- detained for questioning. But yes, it was just a, hey, what the hell's up with this buddy? Get out of your car. Get in my car. We're going to go ask you some questions. I mean, at least, like, you know, that, that's kind of strange. Take down some information and be like, no, you can't leave until we uh, have contact information from you because we're still going to be watching you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, were, and, and what did they get? dispatched on the fact that a uh, entire parking ramp exploded or that someone magically found a beheaded man in the parking ramp amongst a bunch of exploded cars i mean to be perfectly honest this sounds like more of a job for the ghostbusters you have <laughs> lightning and things exploding you have a whole row of cars coming to life and spewing oil all over the ground now, i will say i don't know about the this 80s, sounds like a job meant for them but nowadays if the uh <laughs> Fire suppression systems are compromised to make a beautiful fighting scene in a parking garage. The fire department, at least, would be informed that there is 
something going on in the uh, in the parking ramp. That could actually be what made them show up to the fight. But I, the fire suppression, the fight wasn't that long, which is wonderful. I actually really yeah. enjoyed that. Most of the fights in this movie were a reasonable length. Yes, it wasn't crazy lengths of swords clinging around and things like that. Even the longest sword fights in this movie were pretty well tamed down, like you the said. The problem just, with that is that they were good, the they were digestible. The choreography for those fights were awful. They were, but you also have to take into consideration who's doing the remake of it, and that gets me excited beyond belief. But we'll talk about that later okay. on. Yeah, as I said, the <laughs> sword fighting, which is actually in the second part, is, uh, I mean, obviously I've had problems with sword fighting in the past uh, with movies, and this one takes no exception. The amount of times that they're... Uh, just swinging at air and like, ooh, I'm going to block that. Like, hmm, There's no reason to block that. You can just stab them when they go past you. Especially when Clancy Brown's doing like his crazy over-the-head helicopter twirl. Yeah, he's like swinging like two feet above yeah. Connor's head. You're like, why Why are you even bothering blocking that? Yep, yep. So I, I guess, is is that it for everybody's good I comments? Did have, oh, no, I have no, no. one I other good more. comment. Okay, okay, okay. In the precinct. Yeah. In the scene that we were just previously talking about where they he uh where McLeod is just like, Am I under arrest and walks out? There's that little bit of a fight scene and all of the hookers in the precinct are cheering for McLeod. Yes, I, I got a giggle out of that. <laughs> I Oh it, yeah, no, it, that was great. It that was made so me good. laugh. And I oh, I just I wish the movie would have kept up with outside of focus comedy like that, but they didn't. And that's Yeah. Ugh. It's disappointing. They tried yeah, to. There's only so I much. I think I have a comic. Like, I don't that. think they wanted to uh, force the subject, but they did put a we a or old couple down a uh, a back alley that normal <laughs> people probably wouldn't be driving down. I, I know when when the crowd surfaces to watch Clancy tearing tearing that marine a new one, and there's just a normal gawking crowd like you'd expect. But then the old people drive by, the lady's got her mouth agape. That had me chuckle. It's like, are you serious? <laughs> this is the most bizarre thing to see as part of this. But it made sense because they had to be there for Clancy to be able to tuna can the roof and jump in the car. <laughs> yeah. All right, Joe. You said you had some good things yeah. too. Yeah. In that same scene, the uh, former military guy. His shirt is freaking awesome. Yes, I thought you would comment on that. <laughs> yes. It's red square kind of buildings in sights, and there's a missile coming down, and it says, Hey, Moscow, up yours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm on board for I that want shirt. that shirt because it's so dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb. It fits It fits in this time period and that character perfectly. To just have a, I mean, come on, his passenger seat was just a bag full of guns. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's driving around the city in a car at night with just a, a, a pile of guns on his passenger seat. Like, I, I guess he's trying to be a vigilante and just drive around town and protect people, but what the he's hell? He's trying to be the good what guy the with the gun. <laughs> I mean, I've seen people with concealed guns do the same thing in movies and stuff like that, but I've never seen in a movie, like, a guy who's delusional to think he's the good guy driving around town in, let's say, you know, a 70s sports car or muscle car. With a passenger seat, with a pile of semi-automatics, it's just that is—it's the funniest sight. I love that, that sight. That is it incredibly was funny. I do enjoy that he uh, also decided that the sword fight—he could stop and decide who was the one who decided who deserved to be shot. I mean, obviously, there's only one person left after one person loses their head, but who knows how that entire sword fight started? He doesn't. He just jumped in. Yeah, he, he happens to, to the shoot the fight. proper person. However, he just—he's kind of in there and just decides to shoot somebody is another thing that was a little bit confusing but still 
it fit the character because somebody with a gun just wants to wants to shoot somebody and look like a good person. Like, yeah, they should cut somebody's head off. I'm a good person. Look at me. That was great. Uh, I yeah, really enjoyed opening scene after credits. We got the wrestlers coming out, and then they do that really cool shot. That pan? Where they go, that's, yeah. the pan that's around the... Uh... Yes, I was I was scratching my head with that, because, okay, so today's modern filmography, you, you understand that it's, it's a gonna drone. It's going to be a drone. Everybody knows it's a drone, or it's something along those lines, but how the, I was actually sitting there watching that, thinking, how the hell did they pull that off back in the middle? Absolutely. That looks so good. It looks so good. It, it so was good. so smooth. It was a little too then, smooth, to be honest. I found... Mm, I don't know if they had the uh, the old football uh, hook hookups at that point, but maybe this movie inspired it, where they have like a uh, who knows. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's a great call out because I was wondering that during the movie, but I didn't I didn't jot that yeah. down. That was truly surprising for that me. That was that was really cool. And then they zoom into Connor, who's at a wrestling match for some reason. I have no idea why, uh, and he's surrounded by a bunch of older guys in suits cheering on and really getting into the wrestling. And he's super broody. Was, uh, quite funny. Super broody. Yes. He's, he, he broods quite often in this film. Yeah. It's been 300 years, guy. <laughs> I also enjoyed the first person who, uh, the first dead body going through the quickening. They included the electric head, the electricity going around his head, which was removed from the body. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was a fun little thing I noticed. Yeah. Otherwise, just in general, the scenery, uh, especially during the training scenes, was just gorgeous. It was. I I really enjoyed the on-location shots. I thought the on-location shots were gorgeous. They were very well done. The the settings, the scenery. I didn't see a single instance, and I, I don't know if you guys did, but I, I watched the Blu-ray and I didn't notice a single instance of a mat looking out of alignment, looking weird, not blending well. Like, everything just looked very well shot. There was a couple of the storm scenes that were... A little bit uh, hokey, but man, altogether it was yeah. very well shot, and I can't say whether or not it was uh, whether it was uh, Matt and uh, Matt paintings or if it was just some weird special effects over the top of it. It just it's still it, it, it looked great, especially for this time. Yeah, definitely. And I do have a flip side of that when we get to the negative points because there's only one thing that I didn't like uh, filmed, but yes, I'll save that for the negatives. Okay. I also have a moment. So I think it's the first time that Kurgan fights with Connor in New York. The lady Brenda is there and she gets in the way and then the police helicopter shows up. Super efficient. Yeah. Shines a light on them. Yeah. And then they run away and the guy in the helicopter is like, hey guys, no. Uh, hey, get back here. <laughs> Didn't you? Where are you going? It's the most apathetic <laughs> helicopter that, like, they're like, oh, no, they're running, uh, I guess. There's two of them. Which one do I follow? Adds, that just adds more leverage to this is, these are the nicest film cops I've ever seen we, in my life. It's too dangerous we, for us to follow these people on foot the, with a helicopter. Those two people we went opposite direction. Back. Which way? Which one do they follow? They're trying to keep it's, both of them in true. one spot so they can arrest both of them. We'll never know who was in the right, so let's just give up. Yep, unlike that one guy, <laughs> Moscow Mike. Was was it the guy swinging a pipe, or was it the guy with a giant broadsword? Huh. Yeah, giant broadsword that that comes in parts. Hey, save it. Yep, we're saving save that it. one. Yeah, I've got that one done. Too. Uh, <laughs> I like that. There's always a convenient sword-sized metal pipe wherever he is. Whenever he loses yeah, a sword, which yeah. he loses a sword quite often. I, I think that's twice in the movie where somebody throws him a pipe or a pipe gets knocked against a sword in some fashion. There's a pipe. There's, there's some at kind least two of times. iron. 
Oh wait, was there a pipe it down in the? It wasn't a pipe. Uh, it was like a big wrench. A big wrench the down in the, yep, in the parking, uh, parking lot. Okay, so we so we had a wrench there, a pipe in that first fight scene with the helicopter, and then there was a pipe later on when she protects yep. him. Yeah, yeah. Where are they finding yeah. these can massive take... pipes? And why are they Fine. not attached to New anything? York. New York's full of pipe. <laughs> if I'm guess, if I had to guess, they cut the first pipe out of the out of the parking garage, out of the ceiling. Uh, the second one would be. I don't remember. The third one would be where she was tied to the scaffolding, scaffolding that all fell down. I'm guessing she picked up one of those bits. But dude could take a metal pipe to the head like no one's business. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why are we even bothering with pipes? They don't. They don't do anything. I also really enjoy seeing old computers in movies. Oh yeah, for sure. Those old computers, especially doing uh, things that the they could Toshiba never do. Toshiba C forty five hundred, the one that we have yeah. in our in our station that, room. That one's work. actually. That one was that, black. That one's in Outbreak. And it's a, yeah, the one that we have is in Outbreak. For sure in the movie Outbreak, like <laughs> just straight up. It's for a very short scene right at the beginning of the movie, maybe 15 minutes in. I believe it would be uh, Spacey typing on it. Yep. Anyway, I love I love seeing the old computers in movies and be like, oh, we've, we've come so far. Or have we? Or have we actually gone backwards, Ken? Because we can't go and suddenly have results to, you know, the DNA formation of a sword. That's fair. Says you. That is definitely fair. Can you tell how many times a sword is folded by having a small, small chunk? Uh, apparently by putting it into that computer, yes. Okay. <laughs> I need that computer then, I guess. I wonder if it'll run Minecraft. It might not be able to. Probably not. <laughs> I don't even know if it'd be able to run Doom. Wait, wait, wait. I implied that a sword has DNA. Am I trying to say that the sword is alive? <laughs> That's not you. It's mass- in this movie, I would, in this movie, I'd almost argue. I'd almost argue that in this movie, that the swords are alive I mean, and that they do have DNA. That's that's the uh, that's the uh, the the legendary sword, Mass Mooney, or however you want to pronounce. I always pronounce it Mass Moon. It's one of the four legendary swords in Final Fantasy Adventure. Not Adventure. Uh, it might be an adventure, but uh, Final Fantasy Legends. I I don't believe so. It's a bunch of it might be a demon sword. It's a sword from 600 BC, (laughs) which we did not have katana making technology 600 BC. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. It's also in Final Fantasy (laughs) VII. Anyway. All right. So it sounds like we're scraping the bottom of the the peanut butter jar. We've gone straight through the bottom of the jar. Wanted to call countertop now. I mean. Okay. So now now we find (laughs) now we find ourselves in the the dirty, dank, musty garbage disposal. So so now (laughs) I would like to preference that a lot of my dislikes are uh, confusing and whatever, but I still love the fact that it exists. And yeah, it does no, I, sure. I, yeah. I need to say that as Heighten well. Heighten my I, I enjoyment of the really... movie, just how ridiculous that it can go. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I fully stand by that. Completely agree. So, uh, yeah, some some bad things. I, I feel like Dan's got oh, a, I got a, got a phone book full. laundry list. Dan always <laughs> does. I've, I've only got a few. Uh, Ken, uh, Joe, what do, you, what do you guys got? Okay, uh, I want to start off with uh, the scene that I would like to refer to as the stabby kissy scene. In which, <laughs> in which he uh, yes. tries to convince her that he is immortal and does so by having her stab him in the stomach. Oh, you're talking about a different sex. scene. I was thinking of the duel scene. There, oh, yeah. No. Uh, I no, stabby kiss scene, that's, that's where I jumped to. That is a great the, scene. No, the, it's so weird. The awkward great. romance. The awkward romance of here, here uh, maim me, and then let's make out. Yeah, I, not make out. Let's full board have sex. Yeah. yeah. They were naked. <laughs> they were naked. He touched her butt. And then typical high school move, 
after they have sex, he says, I can't see you. I can't be with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with you. Please allow me to move uh, on. Yes, I, I, I can't possibly be with you. I apologize. Oops. My movie notes for that scene was Brenda is turned on She's by stabbing. A, a, a knife fetish? Got a stabbing fetish. Well, yeah, she never got a chance to use that revolver in her apartment, so she's been she's been dry. She's been waiting to pull off some violence. Hey, you stab me, then I'll stab you. Uh... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, inappropriate. So yeah, that's that's definitely an awkward one to say the least. But I still laughed. Yeah, I laughed because it was absurd. I forgot about the one thing. There's another thing I did like. I uh, had started off by saying there's a lot of uh, in the in the in the preview. I was saying something about set some things up, have it pay off later. How long did it take you guys to realize that uh, Rachel was both his secretary and the girl that he saved in World War Two? Until the very end, when he says it's kind of like a magic trick, then I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, I caught that right away. <laughs> like. When he said, when she said, when he asked her what her name was, and she said it was Rachel, and then he calls her out by that, I'm like, oh, that's the little girl that he saved from the ne- from the from the Nazis. Instead of uh, instead of thinking, oh, that, I thought, how many Rachels are in, the, in this movie? Anyway, I, I like that little uh, reveal. Yeah, it was good. It I didn't bad. catch on until good. the same yeah. time which Andrew caught on. It was pretty cool. One of my only gripes uh, concerning that, because that is definitely a highlight for me, but on the flip side, I could put it into the bad category, is I wanted more of that. I get it. The movie is primarily taking place in modern, a.k.a. 1986. I, I, I love seeing him go through history like that. You just like him watching Killing Nazis. Yeah, it, it was such a brief little snippet of World War II and Nazis and him just plugging that, that Nazi guy in the barn, but it's just... Ah, I, I wanted I wanted some more cool historical stuff like that. I get it, time constraints, budget, everything else, but oh, that just it it, it got me wanting more. It didn't I fulfill feel like my you'd appetite. have a better time watching the it movie. It makes me sad, or not the movie, the TV series, because they do that they do that ah, but that back and forth quite a bit from what I remember. Uh, I see. See, I have a problem though. When I watch a movie, I get attached to the characters and the actors who play them. So then when I go to try to watch the series, it's not the same for me. <laughs> Stargate. Well, it's just because you're hung up on the weaker actor. Uh, Kurt Russell is not the weaker actor. In this situation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah, no! I, <laughs> I refuse to believe! At one point, I would like to see more of that back and forth. However, on another point, if they had more, they would just have to Wolverine it. And uh, then yeah. I think it would kind of... Well, no, I actually really did enjoy that opening sequence for Wolverine. With the TV series, sometimes it it wasn't this, like, a brief time spent in the past. Like, there were full episodes where they didn't do anything in the the future. See, that'd be kind of cool. And maybe... And maybe the movie did the right thing by just getting my appetite satiated enough to the point where I wanted more with that, because... I mean, if it's that big of a gripe for me to walk out of the movie wanting more of that specific uh, section and scene in the movie, then, yeah, cool. Yeah. They did their job, I guess. I mean, it means they didn't overdo it, which is great. And also, I mean, they hit the high points for his history. When he finds out he's a Highlander, and also he's a really shitty fighter, and then uh, <laughs> waits a couple of years, falls in love again, and then uh, enters Sean Connery, who says, Hey, a couple of years. you're a shitty fighter. It was like six years. 
Yeah, yeah. After his wife went crazy and joined in oh, on, God. The, on the Bob rules. <laughs> like, instantly a switch got flipped. So, burn him! Burn him! Uh, <laughs> Just... So, did you guys notice when they're leaving town for that big battle that the cross on top of the church was on fire? Yeah, what the hell? I was wondering about that. Like, is that some sort of tradition or something? I, I, I didn't look into it. I but... have... No clue, but I just sat there looking like... I thought that was bizarre as hell. I mean, it's obviously something I don't know about, but for seeing that out of nowhere, it was, it was confusing. Like, they seem like they're religious. Like, they got a guy with the cross in front. You guys focused on something totally different. I focused on the fact that they were that army was being led by, like, five to eight geese. Geese? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. I just looked it up, and yes, it is a cultural thing. In Scotland, the burning of a cross was a declaration of war. Aha! So people did, in fact, burn crosses before the KKK ruined it. That is so cool. I don't know why it's oh, a declaration of war, I've but cool. now I've learned something new. It's time to go home. Oh, wait. Already there. Already there. You are home. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> And then on top of the geese leading the army, the geese then defect with Connor and live with him on his farm. Damn straight, because the animals were smart and knew it was up. Absolutely. Look at them. Yeah, I'd like to think so, Ken. I'd like to think animals are smarter than humans when it comes to this. Yeah, generally speaking, I'd agree with you. This man did nothing wrong. Let's go spend our lives with him. Those geese, they're speaking the truth. Geese speaking the truth. So, Um, on things we didn't like, I... mm, Yeah. What was the quickening? The quickening? Uh, the quick is when you cut too close to the uh, the, the, the blood, the vein in, in, a, in a dog's nail. Correct. And cause it to bleed And then out. they bite you. Yes. And it's just what happens. In this situation, they, they kill another immortal person, chop their head off, because that's, that's how you kill... That's how you kill one of these fellas. And then they have a super orgasm. And then there's a light show. Super orgasm. Where they have a super orgasm. Yep. What's going on there? It's never explained. What is that? I'm I'm assuming, and this is just me. Uh, I'm assuming, uh, assuming, assuming. I'm assuming <laughs> this uh, that when they behead somebody, I would assume that they take on their powers. I would assume that they take like, like for everybody that you hack the head off of, you you basically like in a video game style, you take on their experience or whatever. Yeah. I'm assuming that's what's happening. So everybody who gets beheaded in the Highlander, they're just becoming that much stronger. So they're kind of almost essentially like leveling up as as the person's dying. And I would 100% um, agree with you. That's actually where my head was going with it too. However, they didn't yeah. seem to get any better as they start as they were killing people. <laughs> Maybe I need to watch the movie again. Maybe take some screenshots and- of the movie and be like... Oh, look, True. he did bulk up after killing two Highlanders. I guess it is an actual term, though. So in, in real life, uh, in pregnancy terms, the quickening is the moment in pregnancy when a pregnant woman starts to feel or perceive fetal movements in the uterus. So it's it's essentially the same thing. Maybe they feel the power or maybe they feel whatever's happening in their well, body after they remember behead that their the opponent. the quickening also gives them the ability to supernaturally feel their environment. Yes, yes. I was going to say, when Sean Connery first shows up, Uh, because Connor and his lady were having sex. So then Sean Connery was like, Hey, oh, by the way, uh, Connor's going through the quickening just randomly on a hillside. He didn't chop anyone's head off, but he's getting like hit by lightning and having sort of super orgasm. This is all, this is true. Can you imagine, can you imagine how much different that scene would have been had he wrote, had he gone in on his horse, stopped at their foot, they looked up in shock, and he just looks down at them without skipping a beat and says something along the lines of like, don't stop on my account. (laughs) That, please, that would have been great. (laughs) 
I did travel from down south not to see this. <laughs> like, he, he's the comedy. He's the comedy injection that we all love and needed. And that would have just, like, set the stage. Like, yep, that's what he's here for. <laughs> to watch these two bone down. Yes. Yes. And then teach him how to sword fight, too. <laughs> and why am I going to teach him how to sword fight? So someday he can kill him? So confused. It seemed like all of the Highlanders, except for one, got along together really well. And there didn't have to be only one. They just had to all team up on that one guy that they didn't like who was killing everybody. And then they could all live in peace. It seems like they wouldn't have to be lonely all throughout their lives because they all could hang out with each other and and not have to worry about their friends dying. I, I, I gotta say this. What a shitty prize. <laughs> you you take care. Okay, so you're immortal, right? You're immortal. You've been around for hundreds of years. You've seen so much shit. And, and this whole time, you're just basically baited to find everyone like you and kill them because you get this mystical prize at the end that you don't even know what the prize is. You just know there's a prize. And you're so excited that you just you, you turn a blind eye and start beheading all your friends. And your fucking prize is to become mortal. Right. And lose all of the powers that you had. It's but like... you know everything. Yeah, you don't lose what you... I, the, the only thing you lose is your immortality. But you can... You sp- you can I know, I know. Feel, so you are, so like, you eventually... you are so one with the world that you can feel everything. You spend Which, 500 years, aspects of this. You spend 500 years becoming a callous murderer. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then you're supposed to be able to just turn that off? Yeah, you're supposed to turn off. And now all of a sudden you have to eat after, and learn after... how to swim? <laughs> you have to worry when you go on vacation whether or not you're going to drown and die? Yeah. Yes. Exactly, exactly. There's It's weird because the flip side is yes, they're sad because they have to go through so many changes like a vampire, like like, you can't fall in love because, obviously, your loved ones are going to die around you as you continue to progress through everyone's lives. But then, after you suddenly become mortal, it's cool that he was able to find his love towards, or his new love interest, I guess, towards the end of the movie. And now he's suddenly mortal, so now it all, like, clicks for him and he can actually have a fun, fond life with her. But at the same point, it's just, it feels like everything up to that point was just kind of pointless. Basically, all it did was just extend his life for hundreds of years for him to get to that point. Let's say, but there's no other like I, I, I don't know. I, I can't wrap my head around it. It's it's interesting. I I gotta believe that immortality for them is not a curse, because otherwise they wouldn't fight so hard when somebody comes to chop their head off. And it doesn't make sense because why are they fighting so hard to die? <laughs> like. They, they are going out of their way to get as powerful as they can possibly be to defeat anything that stands in their way to die. Exactly. If they knew, if they knew that they would die from killing the last of the immortals, would they continue going down this path or would they just say, oh, fuck that and move on? And even so, I can look past this and still enjoy this movie. Same here. Because it's Same a ridiculous here. premise. It is. And I love it. I, I love everything I, about I it. I disagree. I, I don't. Like, they're... they're bits and pieces that I like of this movie, but this movie feels like, to me, it was filmed by a bunch of high schoolers who had an unlimited budget. Oh, unlimited. I don't know about an unlimited budget. Well, okay, an unlimited high school budget. I I don't know. Part of that is what I like about this movie. Like, halfway through the movie, it just kind of came to me. I'm like, this movie is... I'd put this 
in the category of this is a punk movie. It does what it wants. It doesn't care. I could see that. Tonal shifts. It just, I can't. I couldn't enjoy it. They're going to try things that don't exactly make sense because they just want to try it. And some of the best movies happen because of that. Because there isn't so much studio oversight and things like that. They just try a bunch of crap on film and see what sticks. I definitely appreciate it for that. If I had paid to see this, I would be upset. But but Sean Connery. Yeah, Sean Connery. Sean, Sean Connery. So... Queen. That movie cost 18 million. 18 million was it? I already, I just calculated wow. for 18 million. In 1986. That's mostly into Sean Connery's. Or 16 pocket. million. My apologies. 16 million. <laughs> which adjusted yeah, for inflation off, would be about 38 million. So. Wow. That's still a pretty low cost movie for these days. It's a lot of money. I'd be set if I had 38 million dollars. But I don't know if I'd be able to make a movie on that. A good movie. So along with what's bad or not great with this movie were some of the effects. And I'm not saying like the lightning or whatever. The lightning was what it was and I liked it because they didn't try to do something other than what it was. What was interesting was sometimes a simple fade from one shot to another shot made the movie go from looking like a film to looking like it was on super VHS, to back to what it was looking like on film. Yeah, at the very beginning, um, after after Connor gets killed, or stabbed. Yeah, and then there's another time where it zooms out, and then it, it's his eye, and it comes out of his eye. It, it looks like it's from broadcast TV from the 80s for a bit, and then it cuts yeah. back to film. That's bad, but I also put that in the category of punk filmmaking, saying... We don't care. We want to do these things. If we're going to make a dip in how the grain and everything, the colors look, whatever. That's fine. We want to do this. And I think on that aspect is cool. But if you're not into that kind of stuff, it just looks bad. Yeah, it is is interesting. I definitely caught a bunch of that throughout the film. I don't know if I caught any of And that. a more simple thing that is not exactly great with this movie is Connor is a creepy creepy dude in current day yes he is always brooding in his trench coat the way he talks to brenda in this movie oh yeah like 90 percent of the time it's like why is she not running away in total fear of this man right especially the scene in her apartment just ah it's like oh this is how creepy people flirt (laughs) oh hey this is you gotta remember this is the same decade that brought us four teenage turtles trashing a woman's apartment and ogling her in various stages of undress and showering and things like that. And also a robot escaping from a, a top secret government facility, watching a woman bathe and wondering why she's pink. <laughs> there's there's so many things like that in this, but in this ad- decade. But admiring her software. Her software, Which yes, doesn't make you, sense, it's you. hardware. <laughs> yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was 1990. Wrong decade. Ooh, Still within four years. Called out... It was still within four years, so anything that came out in ninety was, or in eighty was further away than the Ninja Turtles. I'm just being pedantic. I'm filled with sadness. I'm filled with sadness. <laughs> okay, let's talk about it because I know we all have the same opinion. How the hell does a sword that comes in two pieces Three. be Four, as strong several, as that dude's sword? 
the hilt is yeah, I was the, perfectly the fine. A piece, I was perfectly fine with piece, the sword, and the blade itself is in two mm-hmm. pieces. Yes, I was fine with everything up until the blade. When he opened that box, I was just like, "Oh, okay, this is cool." But then the second I saw the two halves of the blade, I'm like, "Oh no, there's no, they can't possibly." And then when he clicks the blade <laughs> together, it didn't even click; it just slid in. So just no, 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 no. I just imagine that sword flopping as he swings it because you know it it can never sit exactly right. It'll always be a little wonky. <laughs> and it's going to go flying off at inopportune times. He's going to be like, oh, excuse me, I have to go put my sword back together. Yeah, I don't know. Dumb. But whatever. He had to travel with a big broadsword, so I guess that's the way to make it work. Yeah. I mean, I guess kudos to him. He found a way to make it work, whereas McLeod's also carrying a sword but hiding it in various places to come back to retrieve later (laughs) which by the way that's exactly what a perp does they return to the scene (laughs) after the crime to observe their work you know and what the hell did he kick a can of spray paint on the ground or something (laughs) that's what it sounded like (laughs) i must be very quiet come on (laughs) I, i realize this is slightly past the talking point but when you were talking about the budget i don't know how true this is but what i've been able to find I can't believe this is, if this is actually true, this is crazy. Supposedly Connery's budget for the movie was only 500000 What? What? I know. He was trying to get out of that James Bond rut. Yeah, and I guess he wasn't really in it that much, but still, if that's, that's true, that's 500000 for like 20 minutes? I think he got paid even less for Zardoz. Which was also a get yeah. out of James Bond rut the first time. Ah, Zardoz. Yeah. <laughs> Because the only thing I can find is a quote because people asked him what he thought of the movie and he said that the director, it's nothing personal, it was just 500,000 euros or something like that. So that's that's the only thing I can find is him with that quote. So him saying, you know, he doesn't really care either way. It's just about the money. He did some weird stuff for very little money in his career. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, yeah, this, the sword is uh, definitely not what we would envision for sure um i had this sad feeling and i was actually very okay so this maybe should have been in the in the good portion of things we liked but i don't know it's it's like straddling 50 50 when we first are introduced to mcleod's apartment initially i was like that's a nice place and then inside my i got sad inside and my internal voice said yeah they're gonna trash it later in a fight scene (laughs) And they never did. Hey. Nothing ever happened to his apartment. His apartment got to stay the way it was. It was not the scene or the setting of some crazy ass fight scene later on where there's the ship being broken and knocked over. Yeah, it was uh I was I was happy with that. It was left to Rachel. She got to yeah. have, she got to do have all that fun stuff. That's just uh you know, all the junk of being around for years. He's uh, got all these personal items. I thought that was kind of neat room that possibly could have been explored a little bit more, but they didn't. Um, whatever. Yeah, and, and and any other movie that would have had something like that would have had it have been like he comes back and like it's trashed and then he knows okay this guy's after me or something along those lines. But the fact that they didn't it's kind of nice. It, it wasn't trite like other other movies have treated that topic. The one cinematography thing that I had written down was the running over people when Clancy Brown is playing chicken mm-hmm. and then starts driving. That was just damn bad. It was <laughs> it was the director saying turn around when I flash this flashlight at you. <laughs> 
<laughs> he caught two people doing that I'm, I'm assuming and he's like great great looks like you're being about to be run over and that that was bad i hated that i'm sorry that that's that's the one thing that i called out that i couldn't stand i did like the character being like oh no and covering his eyes and not yes. putting his hands on the wheels being and being aware like, of the fact that he is immortal and he's got a mortal in his passenger seat yes yes i, I laughed at clancy's uh gestures during that that was pretty funny although brenda screaming was not a fun part of that scene Grating. that was okay like, okay we get it this keeps going on and on yeah. and on it's, it's like the fainting it, it could have, have happened condensed, sooner yes like maybe the first time they're about to hit a car i don't know that really segues into the major thing that i know we talked about briefly but the only other thing i got on my list and definitely segue into this is comedy there's so many moments in this movie where i can't tell if they're trying to intersplice comedy with what's going on or if they're trying to interject a little bit of humor there a little little humor here but some of it works some of it doesn't again this is kind of like a smattering of things that do work and don't work on film but i don't know the comedy is kind of the all, entire over, movie's the all over the place really that uh yeah but the comedy i like i laughed at the fish i laughed at him knocking him off the boat i laughed at all that kind of stuff but then there's other pieces where it's like the end scene where she puts the pipe up to uh clancy brown's sword and you get that shot of connor turn around really quick saying thanks what took you so long or something like that but the way he delivered it was so awkward like i i don't know there's there's comedy sprinkled into this movie and it either falls flat or it just makes you chuckle. And I don't know. I don't know if I would have rather the Ben more comedy or Ben less comedy. I, I honestly don't know how I feel towards it. It's like it didn't know if it wanted to be like an adventure comedy or a darker pseudo-historical adventure. I think it really wanted to toe that line just because you don't want to be bringing your audience down a lot. So you interject some comedy in there and really make it a little bit more lighthearted just to keep everybody on board because it's supposed to be a blockbuster adventure story not but it wasn't a blockbuster adventure story it released with a rating of r like that canon (laughs) canon style it was two hours long shave a half hour off this thing where are you gonna cut a half hour off this thing and they got all the history in there and and they they could have trimmed maybe 20 minutes off they might have been able to get rid of the uh, whole arch line with the uh, black fella Get rid of it. Well, he didn't last but two scenes. Yeah, but the two yeah. scenes shows all... up, gives a little booze. Next scene, he dies. Yeah, that yeah. was like fifteen minutes, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I, I, I did. I apologize. I did forget to say something I liked about the movie. How about, how about that uh, music video style shot of when Clancy Brown's character burst through the door to chase after Rachel through her apartment? <laughs> that was cool. That was really cool. But that's all I have left to add to that side. Yeah. One of the things that started pulling me out of the movie, there's a character, Garfield. He's a police officer, so he's kind of tertiary, but he's in with the chief of police, whoever is the the investigator, whoever. He's always kind of taking, taking along with him. And that guy says a lot of homophobic things and there's no point to it other than hey this guy's you know you shouldn't like him yeah so he ends up having at least three homophobic slurs oh yeah i completely forgot about that already like when he was insinuating that he was down there to get a blowjob in the parking lot there was no point there's no follow-up there's no there's no there's nothing that makes that continuous story or pull story out of the situation it's just stupidity it's stupid it is and then there's two blatant racist uh comments in the movie too one about 
joking about a Vietnamese person eating someone else's dog. Yeah, I heard and that. And it's like, again, why are these even there? They don't have a point. They're not creating a universe. They're not creating a world that's more thorough. They're just making people look like asses. And there's ways that we can make people look like asses without having to perpetuate stereotypes and say just asinine shit about generalities of public. Yeah, but the job was to make you want to punch him, and I guess it succeeded. Yeah, but... But you don't have to go to those extremes, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Say, so, yeah, was yeah. it really necessary? Probably not. They could have easily moved that scene where Christopher Lambert walks out without him, with without any of that stuff going on. It did make him look like a giant asshole, though. It just, to me, it didn't have a point. And when it doesn't have a point, why are you doing it? Agreed. I think that this might be one of those uh, comedy things, Lost to Time, where, where uh, back in the 80s it was a little bit more okay to make those kind of jokes hopefully it just shows that we've we've come a further way well yeah it really brings it back to our conversation about short circuit with joe's comments that if you took the lines from ben in that movie and gave them to any other character would they still be funny and it, it raises questions it really does yeah but anyway we haven't touched on how poor the sword fight choreography is because it's I thought Awful. we did. Yeah, it's really bad. It's pretty damn bad, yeah. It's it's levels of, uh, I don't know, would you guys say um, Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original Star Wars <laughs> No. Let's just down. smack these together. That was, oh god, I that was down. just awful. <laughs> but man, at least these ones, they actually look like they were trying to uh, they were, cause They were injury. swinging at each other. They other's just were swords. trying to cause injury just, to the air. They were trying to hurt each other's swords, not each other right yes that is that is the best description right there dan they were that, only trying that to hurt comes each other's from swords. the five years i did theater in high school and we did a whole bunch of sword uh like stage fighting stuff and if you want a good sword fight to come across as a sword fight you have to make it look like you're going to kill your opponent and that's really hard yeah, otherwise there's no stakes you're not trying like on stage you're not trying to you're not trying to hurt your your co-actors it's difficult no but you gotta make, you gotta it, make look it look like, like you are to. yeah acting otherwise it's just nice look at how nice sword play they're doing it's so nice Do you hear all the rhythmic clinks on the, and the sparks oh, yeah the sparks on the flip side of the fence though it, it does sound like a lot of people thoroughly enjoyed the sword fighting action in the tv series yes because it was choreographed by a gentleman by the name of uh, adrian paul who's a swashbuckling actor oh. and he was brought on for it so yeah all right Hold up, everybody. I just saw one line in my notes that brings me back to my favorite part of this movie, and I'm sorry I didn't bring it up in the good portion. The electric demons at the, the end? The 1700s duel that he had. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, that, down, was the, the, the that was the scene part of that the I movie. got confused with the, the stabby kissy scene. The stabby kissy scene. This is the other stabby kissy yeah. scene, which was funny and which, weird which part. When Connor had that duel with the... The fop? Uh, he goes to the park, talks to the, the black guy. Black guy says, oh, it'd be like that. Uh, we don't want... Or he says, when's the last time I got drunk? And then did the flashback to he's standing in the field. He's drunk. He can't stand up. He's got a duel. And the guy keeps stabbing him in the chest and stomach area over and yes! over again. He falls okay. over and he gets back up. Yes. And yes, every time okay. he stabs a guy... Yeah. Uh, the person who takes the sword tries to give him a kiss or whatever. Yep, yep. Okay, I got it now. 
Yeah, and then eventually brings over the two, <laughs> the two uh, the pistols. Uh, uh, pistols. Yeah. <laughs> ends up shooting the guy for some reason. I don't know why he ended up shooting. He was mad and he wanted to take his frustration about not being able to kill Christopher Lambert out on someone else. You would think he'd continue. Uh, I guess it'd be a uh, futile, especially since guns don't yeah. work on Highlanders. That's the best part. Not Highlanders. Immortals. Not even Uzis. <laughs> Which begs the question, if a Highlander was traveling in a vehicle and leaning their head out of a car window or something like that and caught it on a fence or something or a tree branch in modern times and beheaded. Sure. Would that still yes. work in the, the Highlander same way? Highlander's then dead. The point of that is the hind- they're not the Highlander. Mm. The 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 immortals. So need so to be easy beheaded. to call them all a Highlander. Because there's only one Highlander. So the magic is in the neck. The yeah, magic is somehow the tied to the connection between the brain and the rest of the body. Because because we notice that the throat doesn't seem to matter, considering you know Clancy's throat is bobby pin. So are these guys zombies? Mm, they don't seem to want to eat each other. Well, they do eat each other, I guess, by killing each other. Uh, yeah, uh, they, they absorb their essence and all that fun stuff. Maybe they're more like vampires. Yeah, it feels more like vampires. Yeah, they're probably. Yeah, I mean, this is making a joke. Less sparkly. <laughs> Well, we seriously corrected your joke, Ken. Son of a... <laughs> Science. Science backs up vampires more than zombies in this situation. We, re- we reviewed your joke, found the pieces we didn't like, and interjected what we would we would prefer. <laughs> we interjected your joke with facts. It really ruins a good joke. Or a bad joke. Yeah, it does. <sighs> so, yeah. More, more bad things. I... Uh... I don't know. I, I don't like his sword. I think his sword looks dumb. You mean the the katana from no, 600 BC? No, the, the katana looks cool. His sword looks dumb. The one with like the oh, nameplate, yeah. the stupid it's just like a big broad the cloud f- nameplates soldered on. What I don't know. It looked dumb. Well, let's talk about this potential reboot. There's a lot that the reboot has to work with. Yes, because it is a super interesting concept, but it's like the guy in charge of helming the reboot said. They wrote themselves into a corner with Highlander 2, and they're desperately trying not to pull that off, because they don't want to fuck it up. So there is a ton of juicy material to work with, it's just not being stupid with it. So, you guys know who's poised to helm this, right? No. Uh, the director of all three John Wick films. Oh. He is in charge of Highlander. So, he is very excited, the studio's very excited, everybody's very excited, he just doesn't want to trash the legacy of it like 2 did. And I say that because, massive spoilers, but for those of you who have not seen 2, including myself, apparently, all the good shit that this movie set up, when it came time to do 2, which they hadn't planned on doing, they retcon the crap out of the first movie, they explain that all Highlanders are actually aliens. Wait, what? <laughs> I, I shit you I shit you not. I shit you not. Get on board because this is gonna be a crazy ride. They talk about this planet, and I forget the name, but they talk about this planet basically saying that they came from this planet. Sean Connery, I shit you not, resurrects himself in Highlander 2. Thought I remembered him being planet's that. name is Zeisseist. Thank you. Thank you. And and the funny thing with that is, after the movie was received so poorly and after everybody on board denounced and hated the movie, future copies of the movie essentially turned into a director's cut where all mentions of that planet are scrubbed and they just refer to everything as a long time ago oh, instead of the planet. I think I watched the so, director's cut. That makes sense. So yeah, because the only way to watch that old version is apparently VHS. They never made it past that. So this is like Star Wars original trilogy cut to the extreme 
you have to go hunting for this version if you want to see wow. it. Wow. So yeah, they didn't know what to do. They wanted Sean Connery back, so they just had him resurrect himself, because why not? Which, again, makes the whole premise completely moot if he can just resurrect himself all willy-nilly. And then on top of that, having all of the Highlanders be immortals because they're aliens? What the actual hell? That completely <laughs> cheapens the entire training sequence montage from the first movie of everything Connery comes to explain to him about himself. Everything he explains about the quickening, the powers, and everything like that, all gets shoved out the window because, oh no, dude, you're just an alien. And also, it doesn't make <laughs> sense. Like, no! You're gonna take... It doesn't! Just because they're aliens doesn't mean that they're immortals. Like... But they have midichlorians. Oh, oh no. No. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. So, so yeah, they, they're... He's very much trying to avoid the pitfall that happened with that. Because, I mean, you know it's bad when the director himself doesn't like the movie. Christopher Lambert doesn't like the movie. Everybody else. So, that's also another part of this. Is Highlander 1, yeah, it was brief, but it had all that interesting connectivity between timelines like we were talking about. So, you had it taking place in, quote, modern times, 80s. You had the old-ass... 1700s and everything else going on you had world war ii you had all that mixed and spliced together and weaved together but the uh, highlander 2 i think takes place in like 20 something so like 2020 or 2040 and obviously christopher lambert's older and not immortal so it's him trying to basically become immortal again because more immortals have surfaced or something along those lines so it's it's that whole thing it's how do we make another tangled movie well we can't because she cut her hair She's no longer Rapunzel, as Rapunzel was the whole premise of this movie. Hey, how do we make another Highlander movie because all the all the mortals are dead? I don't know. More show up. Oh, that's why they have to be aliens, because then they can just land. And all of a sudden, yeah, they're I guess. I feel, like the, I feel like if they do... <laughs> so I there's guess. a whole proximity thing. Do anything with the reboot they need <laughs> to just scrub everything. Also, you'll be happy to know that in Highlander 2... The Quickening, our good friend Michael Ironside <laughs> is in it. I saw that, and that made me very sad because I love Michael Ironside. I know you do. <sighs> Ooh, that was $34 million. I saw that it also did very poorly. Like, it was made for X amount and lost a crap ton at the theaters. Uh, I mean, both movies were box office failures. Uh, $16 million to make the first one made $12 million. Oof. And then Highlander 2 cost $34 million. And only made fifteen point six million. Oh, that's bad. Yep. yep. Oh, oh God, that was the major premise of two. Here we go. All right, my my final bit of this, Highlander two. It takes place in the future. Well, what would have been the future, right? So, oh God. Okay, so the timelines. Trying to talk about this is so insane. <sighs> Okay, so in 2024, that's one timeline. There's also 1994, 1999, a couple other things, right? So the movie takes place with them discovering that the ozone layer is fading. Okay, that was a thing So back, in, this, back then. There's this company that makes a giant shield to go over the planet right. to block the sun. Yes. And that's that's what protects everybody from from going extinct. Yes. So you have this dystopian future Highlander where it's 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 bleak, it's depressing, it's bad. And then you have it turn even more cliche by having the company that runs the shield technically be evil 
because they're controlling people's lives. Because they're the ones who control the shield over the planet. Yeah. And then but, you put uh, aliens in the mix, you shoehorn aliens not, in, and everything The thing goes is that that hell. company's bleeding the people drive, they're all their money, and making them live like shit. Because it's dystopian, it has to be that way. Yeah. And then they, uh, the thing is that at oh, this God. point, the shield isn't even necessary. Yes, yes, that's what I was just reading. So in 1999, Connor... McLeod is the supervisor of the team that makes the damn shield. Yeah. So then later on in 2024, when he's old and frail, basically scientists discover that the ozone layer has in fact restored itself naturally, which the shield isn't needed anymore. But the company that took over after the shield was initially created is they're aware of that, but they don't care and they keep the shield in place because they want to be able to control people. Yeah. They use the evil media to make people think that the ozone ozone hole has gotten worse or something like that. Yeah. This is contender for me without even seeing the film, physically seeing the film. This is a contender just reading the synopsis for one of the worst damn movies I've ever heard about. It is fun. <laughs> it's remembering oh, now no. what the Highland what after watching the Highlander and remembering what this movie is, it almost feels like completely different movies. It, oh, oh, for sure. And here's actually another piece under the production section for Highlander 2. This completely turns another one of you guys' negative comments towards the first movie on its head. You guys said the sword fights weren't realistic enough or well choreographed in the first movie. Lambert and Ironside both suffered injuries during the filming. And according to this newspaper, St. Petersburg Times... Lambert chopped off of one of Ironside's teeth, or chipped one of Iron's, chipped one of Ironside's teeth during a fight scene, and then during another fight scene, Ironside inadvertently chopped off part of Lambert's finger during Jesus. a sword fight. <sighs> were they using real swords? <laughs> they were wielding a 22-pound broadsword, which made it so that the precision thrusts and parries were impossible, according to Michael Ironside. So they were using oh, they weren't man. using a stage broad. <laughs> They were they using were a used... twenty-two Jesus, pound stage. Why? <laughs> it it's not a stage reasons. It's not a stage prop reasons. if you can actually pierce somebody without it being sharp. Right? It just lops a dude's finger off. Like what the hell? <laughs> That's so bizarre. I love it. And and I think what makes me even more sad is more sad than Michael Ironside's name being attached to this is John C. McGinley. I love John C. McGinley. Damn, I just felt waves of sadness seeing his name in the listing. <laughs> oh, Dr. Cox from Scrubs. <sighs> Dr. Cox. Uh, yeah, One of the bobs in <laughs> Office Space. One of the bobs, yep. Anyways, long ass side tangent. The sequel, just holy crap. Holy crap. <laughs> so yeah, that all of that, all of what I just said, all of that is what he's trying to avoid having happen with his reboot. <laughs> I don't care whether or not we actually make it our next movie. I'm, I'm going to watch Highlander 2 again soon. I'm intrigued now by all this alien finger-chopping shenanigans. You'll be, you'll be hard-pressed to find the alien edition, but just watch it knowing that in the back of your head. Gotcha. Every, every time they mention something about olden times or long ago, it's them talking about aliens. Oh, it's just so messed up. It is so messed up. So, does the original Highlander movie hold up? There's so many good things with this movie. <laughs> I'm going to say yes, and I will actually go back and watch it, because I liked it. I liked it a lot. There's there's things I didn't like, obviously. We all have our own takeaways, gripes with this movie, but overall, I really did enjoy it. 
I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. I probably will go back and watch it. If it were made today, I would say that'd be uh, definitely towing some weird lines, but I think if they were make it today, they would definitely do a better job with uh, the way they treat people. And also just like when uh, movies take the bad guy and just have him stick out his tongue and that's how you know he's a bad guy. Like, wag his tongue at everybody. It's like, it's just disgusting yeah. and annoying. It's not, you're annoying, not evil. And in a church. It was really dumb. And then he, he licks the priest's hand. In yeah. a church. <laughs> I did I, I did think the church scene was funny. I thought that was actually particularly funny how he just comes in. It's just like this audible, like, air. Everybody wants to get the hell away from this guy. But then, yeah, it just devolves into him licking the priest's hand and grunting and right he's disgusting and at that point he's not necessarily evil he's just gross yeah then he just randomly shaves his hair yeah that's his disguise can't tell who he is if he shaved his head yeah it wasn't really that big of a difference i actually thought it was kind of funny that he did that anyway uh the graphics (laughs) would need to be updated the uh crazy demons at the end were uh i loved that part i liked it too it reminded me of like a don bluth animation i was so happy it looked like a don bluth animation definitely did not fit in this movie I, don't I care. thought it was really cool looking, but it was I felt like I was in a different movie for a little bit. <laughs> Agreed. I agree. They th- yeah, that that yeah. whole animated whenever a, a, another immortal died, like there wasn't that kind of special effect. But that was the last one. That's what they were working for. That was the special. I will say that all the uh, high, all the different immortals dying had different levels of cars exploding. First guy died an entire uh, park, car park. <laughs> exploded uh the black guy died so much, then... the car didn't even get touched there's just a little bit of wind yeah yeah i uh i forgot to mention this but did anybody else find it weird that the parking structure was completely full like legitimately not a spot mm-hmm. free and then within 24 hours the entire thing is vacant oh, as it had just been all those cars were there for the wrestling show yeah, but still, like all the cars that came to life and crept forward, spewing oil and exploding oh, yeah. all around them. It like, was spot. It was spot like, clean, wasn't it? Yeah, the the parking structure was completely barren within twenty four hours. Even being a police crime scene, it's just nothing was there. Completely open and completely fresh and clean. That's a little bit bizarre. I don't, I don't know if I, if I had one takeaway from this movie that makes me want to go back and watch it again. One thing I was happy was ever put on film. It's watching an entire row of cars hopping and lurching and spewing oil <laughs> and like shattering. I don't know what it is about it. I love that scene. Or a nice uh. lob of a katana can cut somebody's head off and then go two inches into concrete. And somehow that concrete metal can find its way into the person's neck. Turns out it's not concrete metal, it's sword metal. Yeah, the sword's blade is perfectly fine. Mm. Yeah. Yeah! Dan, I, f- I feel like you've been pretty quiet on your whether or not this holds up. I've already I've already said how much I don't like this movie. There's nothing. This movie has broken me. <laughs> I am I am just You're a I, shell of a man. <laughs> I was not enjoying the movie. I I was not taking notes on things that I liked about the movie like I just I was just watching it to get it over with so I had talking points about to have with you guys today. I will never go back and watch this movie and if I do anything with the Highlander, I will go and find the TV series and enjoy the TV series like I did when I was little. So, it doesn't hold up for no, you? No. Not at all. For me, I think it would hold up if it's being classified closer to like a midnight movie where you talk over it, you enjoy it for the silly parts, you somehow throw spoons or bread at certain points. I think that it's more prone to something like that than watching it seriously. I would not put this in the same vein as Rocky Horror. Absolutely not. 
Oh no way! Yes, no. that's exactly that's exactly what I was thinking when you said that, Joe. I thought it, I thought that like the, the fan base could be like that. Like, oh, there's gonna be a viewing of Highlander tonight. Everybody, come down to the theater. That's an affront to rest. Oh, well, Dan, they're both labeled as cult films yeah. on Wikipedia. They're they're basically the same. Uh, cult film being love versus has midnight show. Cult, cult film being love versus cult film being hated. Anyway, so. That was us just being aliens all along with the Highlander. Rewound and rebooted. I wish I never would have brought it up. (laughs) If you could comment, (laughs) subscribe, that helps our YouTube algorithm. If you could share this episode with others, friends, enemies, loved ones, you know the drill, who also like movies from the 80s, it could help us do better with that algorithm. So come back. Again next time for us to rewind and reboot again. There can only be one. And it wasn't this movie. Maybe it's Highlander 2. Oh. oh.